The great thing about Jordy is, you know, when he comes through the gate, you know, he's, you don't want to say content with whatever happens, happens, because everything that leads up to that inning, he's prepared mentally and physically. So the life of a closer is tough, and you have to have a very short memory. You know, you look at the result, yeah, it wasn't, you know, ideal tonight or on Saturday, but you look at the overall body of work and you look at the stuff and the stuff was there. You know, if uh, if a starter makes a bad pitch in the second inning for a two-run homer and then goes seven innings, you kind of forget about it. It gets really, really magnified when you're pitching one inning. I mean, that is the unfortunate truth. And by the way, Barker, congratulations on wearing khakis today. I wish we had a little handheld camera here so we could see. Yeah, if they were khakis. Uh, well, the, we, we've taken a the, poll. We, we don't matter. We've taken a poll, and it, they are khakis. I'm bigger than all three of you, so the khaki don't. Hey, hey, I like it. They're green. <laughs> Those are not green. Those are khaki. I mean, khaki is kind of a greenish thing. Anyhow, it's Blair and Barker, the uh, khaki edition. Math class. There will be a test following this particular mm. edition of the show. You feel better? Yeah. It's just. Start with something different, that's all. Because oh, I know where you're going to go. The Jordan <clears throat> Romano thing's not enough. Well, I know you were yeah, going to go. Yeah, that, man, that was John I, Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, talking I'm about Jordan Romano. I'm surprised you didn't play song. Not, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. Talking about Jordan Romano, <laughs> who uh, gave it up last night, 2 nothing. the Jays. Lo- well, he did. What do you want me to say? The closer yeah. came in and gave it up, and they lost 2 nothing. Could they have had a chance? Did they have opportunities to score some runs during the game? couple of times, yes. Did they take advantage of it? No. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. What didn't work out last night for the second game in a row, which included two days off, so it ain't about overwork. What didn't work out was Jordan Romano coming into the game in a non-safe situation. Three pitches, two nothing. Thank you very much. He's a closer. Like, I, if if they would have brought Jordan Hicks in or Chad Green in, you would have been the first one yelling and screaming at John Snyder after the game. Why don't you bring it closer? Everybody else does in the ninth inning with in a tie game. Well, everybody else does. Like, you would have been the first guy to be yelling and screaming that. So, yeah, it's, it I is don't what, think I would have it been. It is what no. it is. Like, he, again, when the slider doesn't have late bite to it, he's got to locate the fastball. When it does, it can be 96 down the middle, and he can get away with it. Just so happens he threw two balls, one that was middle up, one that was middle down to a lefty, got an uppercut in his swing, and he gets beat on it. It's Look, it's a long season, dude. 94.7 okay, yeah, miles just, an I hour. Just, I just, you can say, you said that last night. I, just saying. I'm telling you why. If the slider is better, he can get away with that. It hasn't been the last couple outings. You could say last week and a half, but he's their closer. So you can throw your hands in the air and yell and scream. And I'm the first one to say that a lot of the times he comes in the game, you're peeking like you don't really want to pay attention. But I, if I were you and everybody else that's fans of the Blue Jays and pay attention to the Blue Jays. Don't look at me. It's, he's their closer. Like he will get not, the ball. I'm not saying. In the ninth inning with a one-run lead to playoff game. That's just the way it's going to be. Like if they make the playoffs, oh, there it is. Like it's like. Well, I mean, it's I not mean, guaranteed yet. It's, not, it's not guaranteed yet. I mean, I had a, just give me a chance to read the standings <laughs> out. Just guarantees. Yeah. I mean, I think are they thirty out? Uh, <laughs> might as well be. It seems like it, doesn't it? Holy, well, it does on one part of this aisle for sure. That's not true. Yeah, 
The wild card Imagine standings are thus after takes last up night. For a Canadian. Imagine that. Wild card standings <laughs> as of last night's action. The uh, Tampa Bay. Why do we even talk about the Rays? The, the, the Rays are in the, yeah, the wild Absolutely. Card. It's basically about Toronto, Houston, and to a certain degree, uh, well, Toronto, what, Houston, Seattle, and to a certain is it, degree, if the, Texas. If right the now, Orioles the, win, the, the Rays lose. The Orioles win the East. I think that's yeah, what it is. That's yeah, all you've got. Need to know. 98 wins. Yeah. Tampa Bay's got 96. I don't know if that's correct or not. But anyhow. What? Uh, the wild card standings. It's correct. Uh, let's put Texas in there anyhow because they're 88 and 69. They are uh, currently holding down the AL West lead. The Houston Astros are 86 and 72. They lost last night to the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners 85 and 72. So the Mariners are half a game behind the Astros. And the Jays, <clears throat> pardon me, are a game and a half up on um, the Seattle Mariners. And uh, the Jays have... Two more games left against the Yankees. Tonight's game should be a piece of cake. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Garrett Cole um, polishing off the spot in the mantle for the AL Cy Young Award. Oh, it's a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. Yep. Uh, Aaron Judge and Anthony Volpe, by the way, back in the lineup tonight for the New York Yankees. Yep. Uh, The Jays lineup is thus or is as follows. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Biggio, Kirk, Chapman, Merrifield, Kiermaier. Vladdy's um, like at first me. base. Vladdy's <laughs> at first base. Belt is DHing. Uh, Brandon Belt telling uh, our Hazel May that he wants the fans to make make some noise. That's but, that's, a, that's sort of like the the. I mean, they'd be complaining a while about the roof being open. That's sort of what this not, is. It's about. not it's really like, the same as Dave like the, Winfield in 1992 saying yeah. Winfield wants noise. I will say this though. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea if you stopped stuffing your mouth with hot dogs for a minute and got off the <laughs> iPhone and did some cheering. Like, I mean, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, I'm just oh, saying. Whoa. I'm just saying. You, <laughs> what you, happened? You sit in the press box. I mean, and, you know what? You sit they in the, bought a ticket. They you, can eat what they want to eat. They can do what they want. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not telling them what to do. I'm just, just saying. Did. I'm just saying. You just did. I'm just saying that you sit in the left field. You, you sit in the left field press oh, box, oh. and you can hear the music. Man. You can hear the music from the bars. Uh. Uh, you can hear the music from the bars in the middle of the base. I'm just saying. I, Not the state, the obvious. They got three hits yesterday. I mean, it wasn't like they had a ton to cheer for. Well, that's what somebody in Twitter okay. somebody in Twitter took Brandon Belt's comment and basically said, we want hits. <laughs> you know, and don't ask us for noise. We I mean, want hits, I and mean, then we'll make Michael noise. King might be top five of, of toughest pitchers they've faced all year. Just he, everything that goes he, into... You know, I'm, delivery. Again, I mean, whole, I, yeah. I, I want to yell and scream at Vladdy too to swing it to three one two seamer, uh, basically outer third. So we'll give outer third. We won't say down the middle. Say outer third. Outer, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, but still, it's crossfire. It's moving all over the place. I mean, it's it's not the easiest thing to say. Hey, why aren't you swinging at it? And why are you taking the one that's off the plate? Like it's look. This is what you do, right? You got to have really good starting pitching, which they've had, to give the offense a chance. Just so happens. Last night, the chance didn't happen. We were talking about the third inning, bases loaded. Vladdy is ahead 3-0 and on the count, takes a 93-mile-an-hour sinker, takes a 95-mile-an-hour sinker, takes a called third strike. That was outside of the zone. Um, it looked... It's one of those weird things when you look at when you look at it on the, on the MLB.com site, when you look at where the pitch was located compared to the strike zone, mm. which isn't the strike zone as we know, 
We it, don't know it, anything. It looks worse on TV. It looked worse on TV in real time than it did on the uh, on on the graphic. I mean, it wasn't a strike, but mm. Vladdy was called out, and I mean that was that was probably again, the I, opportunity there. I, again, I said this yesterday against really good pitchers, you're gonna get one. When you get it. You, you better it. not either take it yep. or you better not foul it off. Because if you do, most of the time you're out like that. Because that's why they're really good pitchers. Like their their ball moves, they locate it better uh, in big moments. They're going to make that pitch that you're going to take that other pitchers wouldn't throw or can't throw. Like they can add and subtract. They can throw secondary pitches and swing counts, which is a big deal. You know, one oh, two oh, two one, three one. Like they can throw those pitches that other pitchers can't throw. And they may have fell an oops on Michael King. Like that is some <laughs> like that. I mean, it might be a little blessing in disguise that some other dudes got hurt and they're trying to play around yeah. and figure out <laughs> if that dude can start. Guess what? Huh. He I, can. I'm also gonna say this too about, you know, the whole the, the whole noise thing. You know what makes fans make noise at a ballpark? Offense. Yeah. Offense is what makes fans make noise. And, you know, with all due respect to Brandon Belt, this team hasn't really given the fans a great deal to get excited about offensively at home this year. I mean, you know, Brand, they've even stopped. Brandon don't they, ask they, for a lot. No, they, they they even stopped, fans have even stopped cheering every fly ball. You know, it used to be in 2015, every fly ball was going out. Now every fly ball is a fly ball, and the fans have, have stopped have stopped cheering. Now, I'm just saying, it's, a, it's home truths, man. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it. Coming from a guy who just said, put the hot dogs down, start cheering. It's like, I, I mean, didn't say, uh, yeah, you didn't. No, I oh. said, I said, I think my exact words that's what were, you said. Stop, we can replay I think my exact words were, stop stuffing your mouth with hot dogs and put the iPhone down for a few minutes. That's uh, all. I'm not saying you don't have oh, to do it for difference. the whole game. Uh, you know, fans, do what you want to do. I, no matter to me, but I just, it, it's, there's, you know, the atmosphere is nothing like 2015 or 2016, not even close. And the simple reason for that is this team isn't like 2015 or 2016. No. Who, who's going to pull you out of your seat? I mean, that team, God, Batista, Eddie, Donaldson, even Russell Martin had a habit of single hand. Russell Martin single-handedly eliminated the Yankees in the playoffs that year. That team, because of the power, got you out of your seat. This team is not the same team, and I'm hoping people maybe. aren't just figuring it out on September 27th. Maybe that's what not Brandon's saying. We need your help. It's going to make like it's swing not, the bat harder. Well, I mm, mean, yeah, maybe it gives them that little extra, mm, and they won't chase. And when they get the heater down the middle, Garrett Cole's going to give it to you. I, I like think, he'll he'll give you something out or third. He's tra- he's going to not walk you. Like more he's than not, anything not, else, he's not afraid of them. More than anything else, what the fans in 2015 and 2016 did, they got in the head of the visiting team. Visiting team huh. that got in the yeah, head of the visit. Well, yeah, you got to remember. Now you got to remember good. Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto dropping the. There's a ton of stuff going on. That was a loud place. Um, it was a rowdy place. Sometimes too rowdy. It was not a fun place to come in and play. I mean, they weren't pitching lefties against that lineup. Like that's how good they were. Yeah, yeah, you did. Well, it's my point. It's not, not the same. Not, it's not. It's it, not the same. It's not yeah, the same I, lineup. Again, I'm not taking that from Brandon. <laughs> like who? Who could? I'm not doing that, but I'm saying maybe that's what he's trying to tell everybody is we need your help. We can't do it on our own. Have you noticed? I mean, you know where I'm heading? I'm 70. 
I'm in cleanup for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe that's what he's trying to tell everybody is, hey, we could use all the help. If you guys want to give us a little more help, we can take it. Uh, yeah, right here, over here. When I when I come to the plate, don't be afraid to stand up and cheer as loud as you want to cheer. Like, maybe that's what he's trying to say. I don't know. I uh you don't remember Winfield wants noise in 1992, Dave Winfield. I think I don't, I can't, I'm not going to say the columnist name. I, I, I can't remember. It was either the Toronto Star or the Toronto Sun. Um, man, I don't, I don't even know the columnist. But in, in an interview, Dave Winfield basically said, we need the fans to make noise. And it became a thing. They made posters of it. And they, yeah. Winfield wants noise was oh. all over the uh, front Belt's page noise. of the Toronto I Sun. I think we should make a sign up. Going to the field today. Well, it's a little, <laughs> you know, Dave Winfield, Brandon Belt. Yeah, and, I mean. You know. Yeah, they, yeah. Potato, potato. Not really. You're more like, clean po- up, I'm more like, clean up. More like, <laughs> more like potato and turnip than potato, potato, you know. The way I'm looking at it. Uh, and there was good pitching last night. There was good defense. They just didn't get the hit. They sometimes get to win games that they that normally look the way they looked last night. Tonight's game's going to look the same. Probably. People are having too much fun at this ballpark to be bothered watching baseball. It's a it is a lot of fun there. You can tell. That's why people want to come there. Yeah, they right. they have a good team. And by the way, Jeff, they're in a playoff spot. And did you remember? I just gave did you, you the say playoff that standings. Out loud or no? I just gave you. You the forgot playoff to standings. mention that after the I, I, hot dog comment and the. We got the worst closer in baseball. <laughs> okay, I did not say that we have the worst closer in baseball. I did not say uh, that. Uh, it's not even the worst closer in the American League East. Uh, so I did not say that he was the worst closer in baseball. Mm. And, and you're right. Tonight? Yeah, I don't know about tonight. I mean, he, he but he's had he's two got, days off. He, he's their closer. Yeah, he is like, their closer. Their, I mean, we can yell and scream about this all we want. And wanting for Jordan Hicks, who... You know, thank you. It was Jim Proudfoot of the Toronto Star. Thank you, nice. Mark. You double checked on that because I couldn't remember which paper it was. Um, but anyhow, uh, there you go. So yes, but we have to, we had to talk about Jordan. His last two starts have not been good. Let me ask you a question. And I and I threw yeah. out the whole he's a hey. different dude in a non-safe situation. Hey. You're like, well, that doesn't matter. Well, how about this, this time of year, you got to come t- up and be motivated. How about this? Well, you do understand that in the ninth inning, Chad Green comes in. They don't score. They go to the tenth. Who do you think they're going to? I. He's pitching one way or the other in a tie game. You, you, you like he is. All right. Well, all right. So I, I, what, thought, what, I, I thought. Well, he is. Okay. Like sooner than later, he was going to pitch last night. But I asked you in a tie game. I asked you why do you think his numbers are so bad in that situation? Yeah, again, I think if they knew that, it wouldn't be that way. How am I supposed to know the answer to that? Been that way all year. Yeah. Look. Again, he comes out, and and I can only tell you, you what one I that, see. You were the one that pointed out to me. That at some point between leaving the bullpen mound and getting out to the mound yeah, on that, the field, he loses like three miles an hour. That's where the slider comes and in, right? And he starts it's, getting it up again, yeah, right? Yeah, After uh, mechanically sound, we all know just by watching him. You don't have to be a guru of pitchers to know that cross-firing and chucking. I mean, it ain't pitching. He's a chucking that thing, right? It's like I'm letting this thing eat. I'm falling all over the place, and hopefully it goes somewhere where they can't hit it. That's big. We agree on this? Yeah, of it course would we help. agree on it. I'm it would help if the tunneling of the slugger was a little bit longer and it was biting a little bit more. Uh. 
to make the velocity not have to be 98-99. Maybe we're not going to see that anymore consistently. Maybe this is... That's not good, He's pitched a lot. He has pitched a lot. And in some giant moments. Well, most of his moments are giant. They are. so Or they're non-save situations, which are still giant, even though they're non-save situations. The closer doesn't... You don't get garbage time generally if you're Jordan Romano, right? You don't. And yeah, he is the closer. I'm not saying... I, I just threw out. It's like you're arguing against the fact that Saturday. No, you wanted Chad Green Saturday, last night. That's who you I want. did not want yeah, any, Chad Green any, last anybody night. Anybody but Romano. I didn't. No. At his walk-up. At, so. at what point? <laughs> at what point did I say I wanted Chad Green last night? That's well, not said, fair. You said well, that's not fair. That was awful. Billy and Markham he's or somebody. He's awful in a tie game. Who I else do you want? Did not say he was awful. I merely pointed out and. It is a thing. We've seen other closers, the same thing. They're different dudes in non-save situations. They aren't save situations. This is something we've seen from him. It's something we've seen from other closers. Maybe it's just a fluke. People say, well, save situation, the adrenaline's going. You made the point yesterday, September 27th, Yankees, you're in a playoff race. You shouldn't need any Not more an adrenaline. For me. Jordan Romano probably didn't need any more adrenaline. So you think it- but that doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't that uh, doesn't account for the fact that his last two outings okay. have not been good. Okay. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs, you know there are people that are going to look back. It's the year they didn't make the playoffs when they had Marcus Semyon. They yeah. missed it by one game. Yeah. Marcus Semyon cost them a game against the Detroit Tigers. Routine play, two outs, threw the ball I was away. Glad he didn't catch it. Whatever. What? But it was Simeon who threw it away. Fine. Marcus Simeon and Vladdy cost them. If they'd won that game, they would have, quote, made the playoffs. Yeah. It's different here because they were tied at the time. Jordan Romano goes one, two, three, and they're still going to have to score Yeah, I guess. Run. I mean, if that's what you want to point your finger at. I mean, they're 15th in runs scored in baseball. If you guys want to point the finger at a closer in the last well, seven or eight games of the season who don't get it done, go ahead. More power to you. I'm giving you an educated answer on why. In those games, other than adrenaline rush and, whoa, I just can't get it pumped up and the heart rate's not where it should be. Yeah, okay. I mean, if I, yeah, I have no idea. I've never closed in a baseball game. I've hit in the ninth inning before in a big league game. I guess the closer. I have, but actually right. pitching and right. running from the pen, I never, never okay. have I done that. So I can just tell you the things that I've seen if I were in the batter's box and the people that I've talked to that are really close to that will tell you that the tunneling of that slider is a giant deal. And that's why maybe the velocity consistently, occasionally, we will see the 97, 98. But he's basically pitching at 94. That's why they're really concentrating on making sure that thing is really good. If you're going to throw it. Make sure it has bite to it. That way, the way you get him swinging at that thing, and then you can sneak the 94 by, right? It's more sneak sneaking than it is stuffing him to death. So I, this is where they're at with him, I think. I asked you this last night about um, Vladdy's at-bat, and just in, in particular, that at-bat in the third inning. Um, again, because you've played the game and you've stood at home plate, and, and I know that despite the fact that you're a big fan of major league umpires, you've probably at some point had a situation where you didn't agree with the umpire's decision. Um, but I, I wanted to, yeah. in, in, in the case of Vladdy, when you have, I've often wondered this, when you know, yeah, like you know that an umpire strike zone is creative in that particular night. Uh-huh. Creative is a great word. That has to, 
as a hitter. You can have all yeah, the yeah. plans. You've watched the video. You got your plan down. You know what this guy's going to throw. I mean, you got all the stuff, all the information. If an umpire does is isn't isn't going to call a strike a strike, or is 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 going to you know call a ball a strike in this case. That's got to play with your brain if you're Vladdy. Like, that has to. I guess. I mean, uh, look, we talk about Vladdy differently than we talk about Kevin Barker okay, at the plate, but any, right? any hitter. When yeah, you went I mean, up to the plate, if yeah. you had an umpire whose strike zone was erratic, how did. Minors or big leagues? Because minors, I wouldn't be in the game long. Okay, big leagues, big leagues. Yeah, if you well, went I to the my plate. Mouth shut. Most of those umpires would go, it's a big number you're wearing. Yeah, but I, I'm saying <laughs> as a hitter, though. Okay, I'm not saying that you're going to turn around and, and slug yeah. the umpire, much as you probably wanted to. no. But I'm not aggressive. I w- <laughs> I'm asking you when you are at the plate yeah. and an umpire is not having a good night. Yeah. As a hitter, how do you process that? Can you process yeah, that? A- or do you have to stick to your plan? It's tough. Like, it's tough to stick to a plan because, again, if you f- are facing a really good pitcher, they're going to notice that and what they're going to do. They're going to go further off sure. the plate. Until, just you, to see if- until you stop giving it to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's... Uh, it's like you just, again, hopefully you get the 3-1 that catches a bunch of the plate. You put your A swing on it, and you sort of take him out of the equation. Like, that's the only thing you're hoping. What the problem was in his first at bat, I mean, the pitch that he struck out on wasn't even close. I think it was down. It was, yeah, it was an it was. off-speed pitch. I, I think it was an off-speed yeah. pitch, but it wasn't even close. I, it's sort of that kind of thing, right? It sort of carries over to your next at bat that – you know, and then the manager starts yelling at the umpire. It just gets everything involved that you don't want involved. People don't in realize. Bats. And that's not the easiest. Yeah. I'm not making excuses. Again. No, it's. Look, he's a. I, again, I talk about Vladdy differently than most do. And he should be able to uh, overcome things, especially the way he's been swinging the bat, right? People do. It, this is something. One of the things you said that I really. That, like, I didn't realize until I started spending more time with you. Uh, was one, the geography of Virginia, which I really didn't know much about. Now I do. But no, all, all kidding aside, um, the idea that your first at bat in a game yep. sets up your second at bat, yep. sets up your third Absolutely. at bat, sets up your fourth at bat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, I was never a very good guesser. I, I, most of the time I didn't even try. I wasn't good enough. I had a long swing. I was out and around. I cast it a lot. Hands got a, really far away from my body because my lower half had too much movement in it. The more your lower half moves, the more your hands are going to move. Like it's, again, it's not rocket science here, but that's what I had going on. And I couldn't guess a ton. But when I did guess, I tried to basically make it such a, you know, out of the world guess that I had no way I'm guessing wrong here. And that's because of the way my first couple at bats went. I wasn't going to do that in my first or second at bat. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that in my third at bat with first and second and two outs. At the end of the season when I was trying to make the big leagues, when I was trying to go there. So now if I – he was trying to get me out because I had a long swing on a fastball in off the plate. Plate awareness was my thing, right? I tried to swing and overswing a lot of things to overcompensate for an out-and-around swing. Well, you could attack me in off the plate. I would f- basically forget where that thing was at. So if I could take that, back spin it to right center, not pull it, Backspin it to right center would tell him that my swing is compact, short, and long through it, right? Like I could get to it very easily and backspin it to right center. 
my next couple of bats, then you can start going, okay, I've done that because he's trying to get me out this way. Maybe now I can go up and like a Bo Bichette did in that one at bat where he hit the home run, right? right. I, I've hit balls to right field inside out and stuff. Now they're going to try and throw me a little bit more in off the plate. What do I do? Stand taller. My stride's not as long. I rotate a little bit quicker. I get the barrel out front. I pull that thing. That's what they're talking about. You have to set it up. Like you sort of just basically take the guesswork out of it. I've done this in my first at bat. I've done this in my second at bat. Boy, it sure would be a good time because now I'm basically knowing how they're going to try and get me out because of what I did my first two at bat. So, which they might explain. You don't want to do that a lot. But that explains. Because it's a lot of thinking. That might also explain the whole third time through thing. Boy, you're good. Dad. Oh, I can figure that out. Hey, you guys, you're, you're all impressed Dad. with that. Hey, I got the third time. You're not? Wow. How do you guys know? You're too young to know anything. Yeah. Uh, Jack Curry is a studio analyst with the Yes Network. David Sampson is host of Nothing Personal with David wow, Sampson, former show. Marlins president. Jesse Rogers is a national MLB reporter based in Chicago. He's covering the Cubs there in Atlanta. The Uh-oh. NL wildcard is cooking. Those three will join us. Jack Curry next. We've also got tickets to give away to see the Jays and Rays on October 1st at the Rogers Center. It is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I remember the good old days when I used to be able to like throw people off their game and behind there and now I say stuff and Boppo doesn't pay attention yeah, Holland used, responds with a smart ass comment very used quickly to you trying and they just it don't work it doesn't work anymore it it doesn't work no I told them just to ignore you <laughs> no it's working I mean they they uh, they just they, they, they don't they, they don't pay attention <laughs> they just kind of roll with it I guess it's kind of a little odd. It's enjoyable, and I don't mind it. You know me. I like having it given back to me every now and then. Oh, yeah. Every now and then. Absolutely. You can re- you can t- thick-skinned. I am. Wow, you are. Oh, I'm thick-skinned. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> see? They know, too. Yes. <laughs> thickest skin in the planet. Wow. Uh, the Yankees and Jays will play the second game of their three-game series tonight at 7.07 at the Rogers Center right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, and of course, on Sportsnet should be a terrific pitching matchup. Garrett Cole against Jose Barrios. And, man, for a team that was eliminated from the playoffs between Michael King and Garrett Cole, the Jays, in, in terms of pitching matchups, the Jays didn't get any favors done nope. to them this series. Those two guys are... Filthy. Mm-hmm. Jack Curry is a Yes Network studio analyst, uh, accomplished author Ooh, as well. He joins best. us. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Jack, thanks, man. Good to uh, good to talk to you again. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Kevin. Good to be with you. So before we, I, I've got a question about tonight's lineup and 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 the uh, you know just the Yankees' future in general. I got to ask you about Michael King. I, have they stumbled onto something here? Because I'm looking at his numbers as a starter, and I. They're really good. <laughs> he leads the AL and, and ranks second in the majors in ERA, uh, you know, and as, as a starter this season, I think he's been remarkable. 
He has been, and I wouldn't say stumbled onto it. He was a starter in the minor leagues. He's always wanted to be a starter. It's something that he has talked about relentlessly for the last few years. Boone and the Yankees liked having him in that bullpen role where they could use him twice a week. So throw him 35 or 40 pitches, give him a couple of days off, bring him back in again for 35 or 40 pitches. It got to the point this season where the Yankees' chances of getting into the postseason had dissipated to a point where they gave King a shot in the rotation. And, guys, you talk about someone getting an audition and absolutely running with it. That's what King has done. He has thrown more sinkers and fewer sliders during his time as a starter, but he's got fastballs to both sides of the plate. He's got two breaking pitches, the changeup, and he has just been dominant, and the Jays have have seen it twice now in recent days. Are you surprised that Garrett Cole in the offseason can basically say pitch selection equals less slug and actually go out and have the year he's had? I'm not, because I've had a ton of conversations with Cole about pitching And he reminds me of a pitcher that both of you guys know and a guy who's in Toronto right now, David Cohn. Mm -hmm. Garrett Cole just eats, sleeps, drinks pitching. And I think it's all he thinks about. Well, it's not all he thinks about. He's got a family. He's got friends. But you guys know what I mean. He puts so much thought and so much emphasis into what he's trying to do. And one little thing that happened this year, and I think it worked in his favor, he's such a pitching genius, guys. I actually think the pitch clock has sort of forced him to be less of a thinker on the mound. He still thinks a lot. He thinks more than any pitcher on the Yankee staff, but he's understood that, okay, I've got 15 or 20 seconds here to throw this pitch. And I think that that has helped him and helped him harness his pitches even more. Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, we've had the same discussion with Chris Bassett, but of course was with the Mets last year, and we thought going into the season, uh, watching Chris Bassett in mm-hmm. spring training and, and – you know, we kind of thought, oh my God, now you've got, you've got, and now you've given him the pitch comp. So now he gets to decide which of his 10 pitches he's going to throw. But you know what? It's turned into a weapon for him. And you kind of get, I, I think sometimes we underestimate the elite athlete's ability to adapt to a change in their environment, which is essentially what this is. We sometimes, I think sometimes we just kind of, Oh, they're gonna they're gonna have trouble with it. Well, no, there's a reason these guys are the best of the best. We always make a big deal out of the potential rule changes or the adjustments, Jeff. And you're right. Once these players do get the chance to acclimate, they are the best in the world for a reason. Remember, we made a big deal several years ago out of the fact that they weren't going to throw four pitches for an intentional walk. Right. Nobody talks about it anymore. And at the beginning of the season, so much talk about stolen bases and maybe the bases were too big and not enough throws to first. And now, though, there's been a lot of steals that has also sort of streamlined itself. So I agree with you. I think that these players, when when you're that great, you will figure out a way because everybody else is playing by the exact same rules. Jack, how about the fastball up? I, I saw where he throws the fastball up 46% of the time. I mean, that's it's sort of the little thing, you, you, we, the way we talk to the Blue Jays lineup all the time and the issues they have trying to figure out something with the elevated fastball. And you need to get an elite guy like Garrett Cole who can add and subtract, who can read bats, you know, who can just sort of fall in the flow of the game to what the lineup's trying to tell him 
the way he needs to try and get them out. And then he can throw the elevated fastball. How is that? I do believe that's how he used to pitch in Houston. And now he's sort yeah, of that's added, where, added that again. He's definitely has added that. Obviously, with Pittsburgh, they wanted him to be more of a two-seam pitcher. He gets to Houston, and they tell him, you're doing it all wrong. you got to throw four-seamers, and you've got to throw them up in the zone. But you're absolutely right, Kevin. That is something that has become an even bigger weapon for him with the Yankees. And you're throwing 99, and, and you've got some life on it. Why not throw it up there? How many guys are going to be able to catch up with it? How many guys are going to be able to square it up and do some damage? And this is his 33rd start. I, I would estimate I've probably covered 27 or 28 of them. A lot of the times we end up talking on the post game about just how number one became his savior. And, and he remembers that when all else might not be going the way I want to, I can throw my fastball and, and get outs. And I think, again, that's when Cole is, is at his best. He's got a lot of other pitches to get you out, but he understands the importance of his fastball. And if you look at the metrics and the numbers, it is one of the most valuable pitches that a pitcher throws in the majors this year. Yep. So I'm looking at a lineup tonight. LeMahieu, Judge, Torres, Stanton, Floreal, Volpe, Cabrera, Parazza, Rortvet. Um, what's next? I understand this is this can be a loaded question. What do you? Th- how, how different is next year's lineup going to look? Like, how, how much can this team do realistically, Jack, to kind of get itself back on the rails here? Well, they need a center fielder because the kid that they thought might be their center fielder, Dominguez, played about a week, got everybody excited and had four home runs and then needed Tommy John surgery. So you start right there. They're going to have to get a center fielder. They have to figure out how John Carlos Stanton fits in. It's been a lost season for him. He's got four more years left on his contract. They could probably use a, potentially another infielder. I want to see what they do with their infield alignment. But one of the things, Jeff, that they need to go right for them, I just mentioned Stanton, Mm -hmm. they need guys like LeMahieu and Rizzo to come back and be the players they thought they were going to be. Now, LeMahieu has resurfaced in the second half and has actually had a nice second half. Rizzo dealt with the concussion and was just a uh, not the player they expected him to be. They have interest in Yamamoto, the Japanese pitcher. Cash went over there and scouted him personally. But some of the guys you mentioned – Peraza, he he needs to get at-bats next year. Wells, the kid who hit the home run off Mm. Romano last night, he needs to get at-bats. The Yankees need left-handed power in their lineup, something that they've been lacking. You look at where they play at Yankee Stadium, and yet only a quarter of their home runs have come from the left side of the plate. So that's another place I think they need to add. Jack, I saw a stat that said Stanton is the fourth quickest to 400 homers in the history of baseball. And then I watch him play, and I look at his stats this year. He's hitting a buck 90. He's got 58 RBIs. He's got 69 hits. Now, obviously, he's been hurt. You see him more than most. You've, I'm sure, had conversations with him. A fan that's on the outside looking in, how should we look at Stanton? Is he a good player? Is he a borderline great player? Can he be a better-than-good player down this road? What do you think about Stanton? He has been a great player. He has an MVP on his mantle. He's got a 59 homer season on his mantle. I look at Stanton's body and his lower half and the number of injuries that he has had. And you ask yourself, how has it impacted his game? How has that caught up with him? You talk about hitting and pitching. The power comes from the ground up. So is there anything that is going on with him physically that is adding to the situation that he finds himself in right now. 
He's a very unique hitter. Mm-hmm. You watch some of the Yankee swings and you would say, Judge, that, that's a beautiful swing. Uh, even Glaber Torres this year has made some adjustments at the plate where you, you watch his approach and you say, what a great approach. Stanton takes advantage of mistakes. Stanton goes up there and tries to beat pitchers when they make mistakes. And he expands the zone too much. And it has been a season that I think he's going to go home in the offseason and just wonder what his future is. And he has to answer that question way better than I could. Yeah. Jack, I know we just got you for a couple of minutes here. Look, this is what uh, the Yankees were eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday. It's the first time since 2016. Um, I'm not going to ask you to rank this season among the all-time Yankees disappointments, but I am going to kind of ask you to rank this season among r- recent disappointments for the Yankees. Where does it Where does it sit for you? It probably, if you go back to 98, which is Cashman's first season as right. general manager, and this might be as disappointing as it gets, Jeff. We got a few games left in the season, and they're they're trying to finish over 500. This was a team with almost a 300 million dollar payroll. This is a team that was projected by some to win 99 games. I think it was Baseball Prospectus that had that victory total attached to them. And you can talk about injuries, but after you talk about injuries, you then have to say, okay, what was your depth? And once Judge went down. Not only did they not fill the void that was left in Judge's absence, their players just plummeted. Stanton, LeMayhew, Donaldson, Rizzo, they just didn't hit. And the Yankees ended up being a shell of the team that they thought they were going to be. So it's very disappointing, and I know they've already said they're going to the offseason with a lot of questions to ask and answer. And when your general manager does a press conference in August and says that the season has been a disaster, again, he, Brian Cashman has probably said it more bluntly than I could. Jack, we're going to let you scoot. Appreciate your time as That's always, awesome. my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah. Jack Curry is a Yes Network studio analyst, uh, and uh, we appreciate him joining us because I know he's got to get ready for yeah. uh, telecast. Uh, tonight, the Yankees I mentioned were eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday for the first time since 2016. They're one of just three teams to make the postseason in each of the past six seasons. The other teams are Houston and Los Angeles. This is interesting. Over that span, 26 teams missed the playoffs at least twice. 22 teams missed the playoffs at least three times. 18 teams missed the playoffs at least four times, and 13 teams, almost half the teams in baseball, missed the postseason at least five times during that stress. So that th- that is. That is how rare it is for the Yankees to not be in the postseason. And I was only half kidding yesterday when we had uh, Thad, Thad Levine on and congratulating him for doing whatever he did to get the Yankees out of the playoffs because mm-hmm. the, the Yankees have basically messed up the Minnesota Twins plans sure. for about five or six years. Well, Yankees have been a really good team, right? That's, yeah. that's that intimidation factor, too, for lesser teams, lesser organizations to have to go to Yankee Stadium play the big bad Yankees. I've tried that. It's it's intimidating. Like you got to you got to eliminate that part part before you ever walk onto the field. It's not the easiest thing to do. If you can't get 1 through 9 trying to do that, then you're probably going to get beat. I I just don't know like how they fix it all. Or it's like the Blue Jays, right? Blue Jays add a extra arm. Maybe bring back a Jordan Hicks, get him a cleanup hitter. Boy, they're cooking with gravy. You look at the Yankees, like what? 
I don't understand. Like, I just don't know where it comes from. And that's Still why. Still look at the cooking with gravy Because right, it gets really hot and it boils up. I don't get where Stanton, like how that fits in. Like, can you continue to do that? They have to eat the money, just say go away. I know he's got four more years. That's a lot of years, right? Maybe he figures out how not to chase. Maybe he figures out, like, you can only hit 190 for so long with the Yankees. I mean, I know he's been hurt and Jack said it right about the lower half, right? He's a giant human who is just, even if you watch him walk to the plate and stand there, it's odd looking. Like, how can you consistently do that? We talked about Romano, right? When he releases the ball, it's crossfire. Like, to repeat that over and over again, think about Stanton, how big he is, how he starts, how he, like, rolls his fingers on his bat. It's just odd looking. And I just don't know. I understand, right, 400 homers is 400 homers. And he's had some really good years. But... If you're the Yankees organization, I would think in the offseason, that might be where you start. Figure out if that's more trouble than it's worth. I mean, they they it's not like they don't have insurance on all these dudes and they can't figure out how to, you know, make up for the four years and well, don't it's forget the Yankees, though insurance right? insurance only works in the event of an injury and yeah. it doesn't cover the full uh, so I'm sure they'll figure load. they could figure out ways, but I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Um Let's play John Schneider's media availability today. The Jays manager did his uh, sit down with the media. The first question was about tonight's starter, Jose Barrios, who, as as we have said, is, I mean, this year is almost like a 180 degree. Yeah, you called it. Flip from last year. And yes, indeed, I was the only one in Toronto that predicted it. Yeah, night and day from last year. I think much more so um, consistent with what he's I mean, been I his was. whole career, understanding what his fastball is doing really and how he's locating it and how to adjust. I think last year tried to force the issue at times, especially with his four-seamer, and um, you know, has done a much better job of being aware of what his fastball is doing. So from that, I think he's going to pair the other two off of that. But with Hosey, you know, really understanding what his fastball is doing on any given night is what's made him really good. <laughs> They're professional. They've all kind of been through it before. The work they do in between with Pete, with the strength staff, medical staff, um, it's a testament to them, really, in understanding their bodies. So not very often do you have a group like that that is that is really kind of um, self-sufficient and they understand what they need to do. Um, but it is definitely nice to have a group like that that you can count on. They're taking the ball, and they're going to pro- go pretty deep into a game. Five teams still so many different ways you can make the playoffs here, but I guess the easiest one would be to just win your way and control <laughs> yeah. your own destiny. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, I think um, you know guys understand that. You know, we all understand that, and you got to control what you can control and kind of let everything else happen. So um, it is nice that we've you know put ourselves in the spot to where we control what happens. Um, of course, we'd like to be in a little bit different spot and a little bit more comfortable. But you know, you take you take every series. Um, kind of in in and of itself, you take every game, you know, one at a time. But uh, hopefully, we can you know get back to swing the bats tonight and um, and take care of business. Yeah. There you go. That's John Schneider. You know, I don't man. understand why, why somebody didn't ask. Why is Belt hitting cleanup? Why is Alejandro Kirk hitting six? Why is Matt Chapman hitting seventh? Like, I mean, there's this time of the year. It you know again, Jose for me anyway simplified it. Right, the windup didn't work. I couldn't repeat that. I couldn't catch it out front. The fastball was all over the place. It's erratic. I was throwing more pitches in and at bats. Never a good thing. The more they see me, 
the worse off I will be. You simplify that, you make a quality pitch, you get a hitter out sooner. It's the lineup for me. That's the thing, right? And they got to figure something out. Like, I understand you You lean on what is your best, which is your rotation and whoever you're going to go to out of the pen. But holy, like, somebody's got to figure out how to take a fastball away and drive that thing into right center. No? Yeah, You would think so. Absolutely. It's time for Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And this is a whole new Mark Boffo. That didn't make any He's sense. He's new? We'll work on it. We'll work on the throws. <laughs> yeah. Huh? He's saying you're not good at them. Oh. Just okay. say his name and okay. introduce him to everybody. Huh. All right. You guys are talking about him. Jose Barrios on the mound tonight versus the Yankees. We're looking at how many outs he will record tonight, guys. Oh. And it's set at Bet Rivers at over under 16 and a half outs. What do you think? Will Jose Barrios go over or under 16 and a half recorded? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm taking the over. He's a, he's a, I mean, I'm looking at this lineup, the Yankees lineup. I'm taking the over for that. But also I've, I've, I've said this with Jose Barrios. He's, he's a, he's a really good pitcher at home. Uh, he, he just is. And I, to me, this is really, really easy. Yeah. They don't like the breaking ball. I, I think if the, he's going to use his breaking ball to its fullest against this team would be a really good time to do mm-hmm. it. Right. Again, it is about the, the, the glove side two seamer, uh, the arm side four seamer, right? You got to locate both of those. Again, everything's feeding off the fastball. John's exactly right. I mean, as a hitter, if he's locating that, that will get you in swing mode, allow that pitcher to hang one, get away with it. I just think when he's good, it is one of the two fastballs to one side of the plate is really good. And then he's spinning it off of that lane. So if it's arm side's really good, he'll start that slider, slurve, whatever you want to call that thing, but he can do it in two different ways, right? He's sort of got that three-quarter arm angle where occasionally it looks 12-6. Occasionally it looks like it's going side to side. So one looks like a sweeper, one looks like a slider, one looks like a curveball. So it's almost like he's got three of them. So I think if he can locate the fastball to one side and get called strikes with that, because they don't like the breaking ball. They're one of the worst breaking ball teams in the history of baseball, basically. <laughs> They're not good at it. They know Likey. So he can do that for me, yeah. And again, I get back to that. Because of who they're facing, he will have to. If they want to win, he better go real deep in this game and not give up. I don't want to say no runs, be nice but, to get, but really close to no runs. Yeah, it'd be nice to get the closer in a safe situation. Uh, that was between the lines Who brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Look at the closer, oh, Jordan oh, Romano. Who's the, who's the closer? It's Jordan Romano. Hey, I it. never said it was going to be anybody uh, else. Oh, that's not what you said, huh? What the? Uh, again, again, again. Whenever I did you, not whenever, say that Jordan Romano isn't or should be the closer. Sometimes you don't have to say it. When you say he's not good at, at a certain situation, means. Without you saying it, I would rather see somebody else in that situation than the closer in a tie game in the ninth inning at home, which basically every team in baseball does. There. No, I just pointed it out. I, you asked me last night. I, there, I don't have any. That's the guy. I just pointed it out. I just wanted to know why it is that it is this way. I'm not. If, he, if he'd run Chad Green out there last night, you know. Would you have been chapped? 
Or would you have been like, yeah, like that's no, I, I would have, uh, I would have been odd. I would have been. What's wrong with Jordan? Is that's, the first thing that would have came out of that your mouth. That is true. I've kind of got myself sort of mentally that it's going to be Jordan Hicks setting up for for um, uh, for Jordan Romano. And sometimes when it doesn't happen, it's like the universe gets like that, right? I don't know what that noise. Well, was, it's the ninth inning at home. Like they're trying to win it in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, I know. I, and, and you are right. You are right. It, it, you have a chance to blow open the game. But you don't blow it open. And even if, if Jordan Romano comes in and goes one, two, three, there's no – that doesn't necessarily mean the Jays are going to go out and win the game. You're right. You're right. I just pointed out that it's uh, it's a thing. I don't know what it means, but it's a thing. And it's a thing that we're talking about on September 27th when you got a game and a half lead in the wild. Yeah, That's think, all I'm saying. I, I don't think it's that big of a thing where they're going to sit around and go, we're not going to throw our closer because it's been a thing. Like right. He's 36 out of 40 in save chances. Like, it hadn't been that big a thing. I mean, uh, yeah, you could point the finger. And again, I'm not saying that he's elite because it's a, not a no-brainer when he comes in. Sometimes he looks like, you know, he's... <laughs> putting a lot of runners on and I'm with you like for whatever reason this is just me for whatever reason I've said this to you I, it yeah. looks odd that it's not ready from the gate with you, his elite stuff you pointed like, for that out reason it takes him you pointed that while. out you pointed that uh, out earlier this the season. veteran guy should be right there right he should uh, of of just knowing how to get his routine and lead enough that when he's running in and the umpire checks his <laughs> glove in his hand and he's Rocking back and forth like he does. He's getting the beat of the, you know, the song that's at home. And from that time to the time he runs to the mound, 99 with a yacker. You're out. <laughs> How's that? Speaking of that, we're out. <laughs> now we're back on the other side of the hour. David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, joins us. We've got Jays tickets to give away to see the Jays in the race. Jesse Rogers, MLB's national uh, ML, yeah, anyhow, national MLB reporter with ESPN will join us from Atlanta. He's covering the Braves and Cubs. We'll take a look at the NL wildcard series. Stop laughing, Holland. I'm not going to make it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Fan and Sportsnet.